welcome to a very special episode of Topical Island. We are on vacation this week and have pre-recorded a very special and perhaps a little bit spooky episode for you. In a recent poll on our Instagram feed, we found out that 100% of our listeners are believers in ghosts. So tonight, in our very special episode, we have decided to share with you some ghost stories um, that come from our listeners or our own personal experiences or that just really freak us out. This is a very special episode, but just be warned that there might be some content that is not appropriate for younger audiences or for anybody that could be um, triggered by death or very dark stories relating to death. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it to Kristen, who'd like to share a listener-submitted story about ghosts. Thank you, Julie. Um, we, again, on our Instagram channel, asked our listeners, or at least the followers of Topical Island, uh, Instagram, topical underscore underscore island, to share if they had any ghost stories. And we wanted to kick it off with this one because it is quite a doozy. Actually, that's in the little literal words of the story. So this is from Courtney. And she said, I don't have a ghost story, but my mom has a doozy. Long story short, when her cousin died in a late night accident, she was visited by an uncle she never met. And so that uncle was actually the father of that cousin. She only figured it out it was him when she described the experience to her dad, my grandpa. She couldn't see his face when he appeared at the foot of her bed but could tell that he was wearing coverall like mechanics wear. Coveralls. Apparently he had died by suicide many years ago by hanging, so he was looking down when he appeared, and that's why she couldn't see his face. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I, the idea of any anything or somebody standing at the end of your bed, um, but I'm curious if... I'm curious if she just knew, like, had a feeling in her body that it was an uh, an uncle. I think it, it sounds as though, and I can ask her, uh, but it sounds as though she actually just saw this figure at the end of her bed and then was talking to her dad later. And he was like, oh, that that's your uncle. Like, oh, my which goodness. Which is what's so interesting about it, right? Because it's like, you know, if, if you kind of knew of somebody, that's one thing. But to, like, describe somebody that you've never met is am- amazing yeah absolutely oh wow now before we continue should we be keeping score of how many times we get chills during this <laughs> oh my word <laughs> because i feel like i might be able to up my numbers here <laughs> that's really that's interesting hmm. very interesting so kate you have a personal sh- story to share yeah, so I've got a couple when we had just we're talking about ghosts and I don't actually have I mean, there's no like I don't think I've ever seen a ghost as far as I know, but I've got just got a couple of like supernatural stories. Mm. So one is very recent um, and it's kind of an ongoing. So oh. for anybody who has ever used a baby monitor, um, I feel like you might Um, be able to agree with the idea that it is the scariest thing you can possibly be looking at because you don't I myself when I look at a baby monitor I imagine all of the 
not horrible, but a scary things that could like if a baby has ever turned and looked at the camera, it looks like a little demon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're they're sp spooky enough as is. And mm -hmm. I was once looking at it and Nick we were both looking at it as our as our child was sleeping and you could see the crib and the the rocking chair in the corner and Nick just whispered to me what if the rocking chair just started rocking and I was like why would you say that <laughs> anyway so that aside um we didn't use the baby monitor for the longest time because we can our we don't live in a big house we can always hear um our daughter and uh, but then we moved her from a crib to a big girl bed. And my big concern was, well, if she rolls out of the bed, like I would rather have eyes on the situation and be able to prevent that. So we hooked the baby monitor back up. And um, one night she was not settling. She was just honestly losing her mind. Like nothing was comforting her. She was just really irritated and there was nothing we could do that would ease that. And she was just out of sorts. And Nick was in her room trying different things and we would kind of leave her for a bit, see if she would settle without us, come back out. But the whole time I was watching the baby monitor and the best way I can describe it is if you've ever seen those ghost hunter shows yeah, where yes. they leave video cameras on and then they're like, well, look at this orb of. Yes. I was watching the baby monitor and there were orbs of light going nuts. Really? In, like watching the monitor. And it was, it really freaked me out, but at the same time, what I did to cal both calm myself down and what I actually believe was the case was that I feel like the energy in her room was really upset because she couldn't settle. Huh. And I am currently looking at a baby monitor because she is now in bed and I keep it in my office and absolutely nothing calm as can be. There are no, there's no dust particles. Uh, quote unquote, which is what Nick tried to convince me that it was. <laughs> um, but at that moment, I I had never seen anything like that in the baby monitor. And I wanted to record it with my phone because I didn't um, because it was just so bizarre. Now, since then, Every time she is upset, I will go to a baby. I will, I, I watch the baby monitor and not like it was that night, but mm -hmm. almost guaranteed. I will see at least one orb wow. in the baby monitor when she's upset. And I do actually feel like it's the energy, something, something about the energy in her room that is unsettled when she is unsettled. And I don't think it means her harm. I think that it's, I mean, I kind of picture it as like, a, okay, guys, what do we got to do to get this situation under control <laughs> type of type of thing? So that's oh. my, yeah, that's the, that's the closest I've ever been personally, I feel, to, to that type of energy in, uh, in a supernatural sense. And if anything wow. is going to pick it up, I feel like it's going to be a baby monitor. There is something, isn't there? 
maybe yeah. the electromagnetic fields or something that it can kind of, or the frequencies that it can capture somehow. Somehow. Well, I wonder how different the ghost, the ghost cameras are from a baby monitor. It's probably not super. I would imagine they're very similar. If not, they use the exact same product. <laughs> One's just a little more expensive. Um, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. I love that. And it's especially interesting kind of the, the fact that it, you know, not only are you seeing these orbs, but it directly correlates to when your dog yeah. is not able to settle. So that's, that's crazy. I love that. It's amazing. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin it by saying that Nick, you know, Nick has countered that mm-hmm. um, with, well, you know, she's tossing around and that probably sends more dust into the air yeah. and that's just throwing <laughs> more things in front of the camera. And I got to say, it's not dust. It's not it's dust. Not dust. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Well, I have a story here from our a listener, Scott. And it says, in high school, I had a dream one night about this guy I went to junior high with. In the dream, we were in the forest. This was a weird dream because it isn't something that I'd ever done with that guy. And the next day, I found out that he had committed suicide. That's, it reminds me of, um, I feel like that's not an uncommon feeling that people have. Yeah. But the fact that it was not necessarily with someone super close, like I think when I think of that, I think of, you know, you hear about twins who can feel each other's um, emotions from, from distances apart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, But someone that you're not that connected with is super interesting. I Mm -hmm. find uh, actually, no, I've, I, I can't recall any really dramatic like psychic dreams that I've ever had, but I will say it's a, it's one of my favorite um, questions to ask people because a lot of people either have or have like know somebody who does. It's like, it's quite common yeah, and it's really interesting. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I, I had, I had shared with you both that, that um, my mom was at work one day and all of a sudden she felt this weight being lifted off of her and like she was kind of overtaken by this feeling and when she got home our 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 poor cat had died so i yeah, you know even so on that bizarre. kind of small scale but but we're, so we're like she knew something was was and up she, yeah. yeah it's bizarre all right Kristen, you have another story i have a story i made the caveat be that this wasn't personal because so I am a huge believer in ghosts. I actually, one of the homes I owned was built in 1910 and I'd never had a ghost experience. And I was like, the first night I slept there, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm it's gonna happening. Go. I'm gonna feel <laughs> you can't have a house around for more than t- 100 years and not, no, never. I've never Especially had Especially when experience. your basement opens through a hole in the floor. There's <laughs> yes. gotta be ghosts in there. Something Somebody has been murdered here. It's like guaranteed, <laughs> but still no. They, the spirits got the heck out. But I will say, so I kind of um, instead had a look at uh, maybe some stories from around town. And I don't know if you guys know, I... I once did the ghost tour at Heritage Park. Oh, nice. And it's really, really interesting because it, it's, I actually did a practicum there. And so I, I chatted a little bit with 
um, the communications lady who um, knew a lot of the ghost stories in that. And it's interesting because they've had, they'd had some psychics come through and all that. And it's interesting because not all the homes in Heritage Park are necessarily the actual house. Like a lot of them are replicas. Right. So um, one of the things that, so the question is like, really are there ghosts if it's not even the real house? But what one of these uh, mediums or whatever said was that sometimes uh, energy will travel with items so like a lot of the times they'll bring in oh, items from their house. Right. And so they figured it was still possible. So one of the most, this isn't my main ghost story, but one of the most um, haunted houses at Heritage Park is actually the Prince house. Yes. And so that was uh, Peter Anthony Prince who uh, managed and built the Eau Claire sawmill and is huh. Prince's Island Park. Mm-hmm. And so he actually had three wives die in that house. Oh, um, yeah. So his first wife died of diabetes. His second wife, Emma, died of tuberculosis. And his third wife, Rose, had suffered from cancer. And then he did marry a fourth wife, but she outlived him. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, obviously, with all that um, all that history and, and different people passing away in the home, that's one of the um, most haunted houses at Heritage Park. And even just for fun, I think if anyone, any of the listeners or in your local city uh, have a have a... I don't know if every city has a heritage park. But, but most have ghost tours. I least. was going to yeah, say a yeah. lot have ghost tours. Yeah. So this next story that that I'm, that I thought was, that I'm going to tell you, I, I believe is on a ghost tour. I think it would be part of the Inglewood ghost tour. So it's actually on the Zoo Bridge, which I thought was really interesting because I used to live the home that I mentioned was close to Inglewood and I drove this, drove this bridge every day and it was recently replaced, but it used, do you know what the bridge, it, 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 um, it connected right by the zoo and it was so skinny. Like it was almost, sometimes you were like, I don't know how cars can like pass each other on this road. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah. skinny, but um, this is the area where six year old Donnie Goss was murdered and assaulted by a mad killer in July of 1946. Ooh. Oh, I've never heard um, of it. It is the most fiendish, cold-blooded murder in the city's history, was what the uh, police inspector said at the time. So Donnie had been on St. George's Island with his brother, who went to play baseball, while Donnie stayed on a set of swings. And that's where he met the man who ultimately killed him. He was uh, stabbed at least nine times, beaten, and sexually assaulted. Oh, oh my God. I know. So sad. Um, so... Donald Sherman Staley was a 29-year-old war veteran, and he confessed to the murder and that of a Vancouver boy. Oh. And he was actually convicted and hung on December 1946. But over the years, some really strange events have been reported in the area where Donnie was killed. Some people have heard the voice of a boy crying for help. Nope. <laughs> nope. I just mean, like, that's... Nope anything to do with not for children me. not for me um sorry continue no mm-hmm. no i know that's <laughs> terrifying um but so actually security guards at the calgary zoo so they used to hear a little knock at the door to find nobody there <gasps> they thought it was the little boy's spirit so one security guard found a child's ball that he would toss outside for donnie and they say that whenever he did so the ball would mysteriously reappear at the security entrance at some point during the night. <gasps> Whoa. Three, three times I got chills in that. that. I just gave myself chills. You when I read it. <laughs> um, and so, as I mentioned, there's a new zoo, zoo bridge now. It's swanky. And there have been uh, 
no reports of whether or not that construction has impacted. So it sounds like there haven't been any recent stories, but uh, I would assume that when you take the one of the uh, downtown ghost tours, that would be on it. And I will definitely, no sadly, kidding. think about that when I when I take that bridge. Yeah. Wow. No, but I love the idea that I only very recently have embraced the idea that if there, if you feel like there is a presence, to not automatically assume that it's negative. Yeah. And right, what you know. Um, so I love that idea that they would give him a ball to play with like that's so I mean it's so tragic and that's absolutely horrifying and and very sad but yeah uh, oh yeah yeah but you're right it's nice that that would be you're right it doesn't have to be a scary I mean some of these stories aren't necessarily scary it's it's just a presence and I mean what do we know I mean there's I think it's just kind of like the stories become so scary over time but really it doesn't have to be well, anything that's, that's right. unknown is extremely, can be as terrifying as you make it, really. That's exactly. right. Yeah. Um, and that's very easy to say, whereas I am someone who is easily terrified by absolutely nothing. If Give me an empty house and, you know, in the middle of the night and I will make up horrible things to run away from and just hide under the covers from. Uh, I don't Absolutely. need much to be to be scared. But on that um, on that kind of same note about you know the idea of a presence and not being not being it not being an evil thing or or a bad thing. I actually have a a story from um, another listener who shared with us. So my friend Nicole told me uh, or wanted to share. Okay, this little story. So she bought a little 1952 bungalow from the original owner, Dorothy, 26 years ago. So she's been in her, in her house for 26 years. Um, Dorothy and her late husband, Jack, bought the house when they were newlyweds. Jack had passed away a few years before. However, she was unsure of the details. So when Nicole bought the home, she wasn't necessarily sure if he passed away in the house or or what the situation was. However, after she moved in and got settled, she instantly felt a presence in the house and not a boo, get out of my house type of (laughs) presence. Her words, not mine. Um, (laughs) But rather, uh, hey, I'm here too. Um, So since Nicole was single at the time, um, and this was the first time she was living on her own, she actually took solace in the sounds um, that she was in this, Yeah, in the sounds that she wasn't alone. Um, And as the years have gone by, he has not been as active as he once was. uh, But sometimes there's the sound of the same kitchen cupboard closing around 10.30 p.m. like in the evening. Wow. So she hears the, the kitchen cupboard closing. Same cupboard, same time. And uh, she often just says to herself or, or will say, you know, out loud, hi, Jack. And she says uh, she really hopes that he and at the same time, she hopes that he approves of all the wonderful memories that she is making in, oh, the now, in her now. Nicole. I know. Isn't that sweet? It's really so sweet. sweet. I was not anticipating yeah. such a sweet ghost story. Yeah. No, I thought that was lovely. I feel like they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like helping her like transition too, like it with like um 
into a home by herself. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. very calming. Like that's, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I loved that. I don't know that I would have taken it that way, but okay. I mean, no, you know, it is I sweet wouldn't, if you wouldn't can interpret have. it that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's great. And, um, before we finish, so I just want to quickly share my second personal story, which is oh, yeah. that, so it, just quickly in 2009, I had to look that up because I couldn't remember what year it was. I traveled yeah. to Egypt with some friends um, and we did a, a guided tour. And when we were in Cairo, we were staying in a hotel that felt like it was very grand at some point, um, but was now just kind of a regular hotel. It was grand in the sense that everything was made of marble, high ceilings, um, however, you know, you went out onto the balcony and your neighbors had cattle on the, on their subsequent balconies. <laughs> so oh. it was, you know, so it wasn't like in this, um, very fancy part of town, I guess. Anyway, as soon as we walked in, I was sharing a room with my friend Tenley, not to be mistaken with my daughter. However, my friend Tenley is my daughter's namesake, just to clear that up. <laughs> and as soon as we walked in the room, she had said, oh, there's uh, something, you know, something's off. You know, I can, I can feel that this is, something's a little bit off. And so we had actually stayed in the hotel on, upon arrival and then right before we were leaving. Um, and then we did our tour in between. And it wasn't until we were staying there when we were leaving and we weren't actually staying the night because our flight was leaving in the middle of the night. And so we were kind of just there. We booked into our room, had a bit of a rest, and then we had to get up in the middle of the night to get to the airport. And so we were just having a rest. You know, it was the evening. We were, we were on our, we were on our own beds. And I, I think I had a bit of a nap, but when I woke up, I was experiencing complete paralysis. And it felt as if I had somebody had just put a big mattress on top of me and I couldn't oh move and I, I could not move my body. I remember be, like moving my eyes and looking at Tenley and seeing that she was having a nap and thinking to myself, I can't say your name, but I want to say your name. And there, but there is something or someone pushing down on me and making it uh, making it so that I am unable to to voice what I need to do or say right now. And eventually that lifted. I sat up. I, I'm pretty sure I yelled at Tenley. I told her what had just happened. And she is not, um, she is not somebody to um, discredit that type of thing. And so she said, okay. And she just got straight out of bed, put on her jacket, and we walked directly out of the room and we spent the rest of the night in the lobby because we did not feel like we wanted to stay oh, in that room any longer. Um, oh. Now, that being said, I know there is a lot about that type of sleep paralysis in which yeah. people experience that it, you know, with either insomnia or but it was the one and only time in my life I've ever experienced something like that where I really felt like I couldn't move. Mm. I felt like I felt like someone was pushing down on me. And did it feel like angry? Did it feel like 
Yeah, no, it did. It wasn't, it was, it was no Jack. It was no friendly presence, (laughs) just closing the cupboard. It felt, um, it felt angry. It felt like it was pushing down on my chest and I I could not voice that this was happening to me. And as soon as it lifted, I told Tenley, she said, okay, we're out of here. And we were out immediately and spent the rest of the time we had um, waiting for our transportation in the lobby. Um, because we did not want to be in that room any longer. Wow. Yeah. Well, especially considering she also had like a will, like a bit of a weird feeling when you first walked in like that. Yeah. Accompanied no, by she that. had it said like it a... beforehand. So yeah. it was, yeah, no, it was that. So those, those are my two, uh, my two personal experiences for sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, can I say one thing before we, because I, I just, as we're talking, I realize that I'm, I'm just want to, like I might have a little miniature ghost story, which is not even a ghost story. It's that when I was younger, I used to always hear somebody saying my name. Oh, like just when I was just like anywhere, I'd be like, I could just hear Kristen. And then I never answered or anything like that. But I just thought, you know, when you're a kid and you don't know any better, you're like, this just happens to everyone. They hear their name in the universe. <laughs> yeah. but that's, you don't have that. Do you guys, did you no. guys have that? No, I didn't have that. No. There you go. So I have a little tiny ghost story. That's my ghost story. Someone you- said my name when I was young. Do you, and you don't hear it anymore? I don't know. But it was so normal to me at the time that it was just like, oh, yeah, like every once in a while, I just hear my name. Like it was just so, it was just like, I just assumed that that was normal. I wonder if it was like your guardian angel just making sure that you were paying attention to life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Kristen. Walk on. <laughs> <laughs> and now, but now they know that you're on, you're on a good track. That's yeah. true. That's true. I just had to get there. I like that perspective. Nice. Well, I'm I'm the last one to share a story. Uh, it is a personal story, and um, I may not tell it well because um, I've kind of forgot. It's been a couple of years, but uh, when we moved into our current home, which is a 1976 build, and there have been, I believe, three other families that have lived here: um, the builder and his family, and then two subsequent families, and. When we moved in, it's funny because my realtor always talked about the good energy in our in this house. And to me, that good energy was actually from the, the couple who owned it previous to us. They they were just they just had good good energy going on. Um, but when we first moved in, my daughter, who was two at a time, two at the time, um, started to notice a presence. She would just sort of stop and Twice she said, there's a dark man. Um, like she could see a figure. And oh. she, it, it, it very clearly made her uncomfortable. She didn't like it. And one time, and I've never said this out loud, but one time when we were leaving the house in the car, she said to me, they don't want us to come back. Oh. <gasps> Oh, that okay? Chills. No, chills. No, you've never told me that. And I've, I, never I've, I've never said it out loud before. I've never said it out loud. I'm chills. I'm still chilling. When you have a two-year-old, and now, okay, now the chills are in. Now my, you're mad at me. <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you. But now the chills are getting hot right down from my arms to my ankles. Um, how do you go back? I mean, obviously, I know everything worked out. You're still there, but. 
Yeah. Oh so my goodness. You one of the ways that woman. I chose to deal with that was to just put that in the in a black <laughs> little compartment until this very moment and never speak of it. Um, was your fiance in the? Was no, your fiance he doesn't know that I said that because I wouldn't say that to him because he was the other person who was experiencing the presence and so one night he woke up to children laughing in the garage no no and he went and checked and there was nothing and then and this is the last time that anything like this has happened he woke up to a dream of a woman an older woman waking him up and being like, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. And he woke up. And normally his routine is if he's woken by something like that, he would check the house and make sure everything's okay. But for whatever Mm -hmm. reason that night, maybe he just, he didn't put it all together, but he ignored, he ignored her and he just went back to bed. And that night, had he gone out, he would have seen that our garage door had been left open, the pipes froze and burst overnight. Oh my goodness. Uh, Nobody was was laughing in that situation out in the garage. And so I don't know if it's that the whoever, whatever presence or energy was in the house was like, these people are not listening. We give up. Yeah, you're like, I just shook you and I took all my energy to shake you out of bed. all my energy. I woke you up and you didn't even bother to walk around to check on the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there was definitely something. I was oblivious to it. Obviously, I'm not the right person to seek or be aware of that type of energy. But both my daughter and my husband were. And they... But since then, there's been nothing. And I don't have anything negative to say about the house. I'm happy to live here. Um, and there's been nothing since. And so you don't have any story. Like, there, you all these, all these families that you're aware of were all hunky-dory that have lived there. I don't know about the first family. Mm-hmm. Um, the builders of the house. Um, yeah. I know, I believe they had children. And then mm-hmm. I think there was two families and then a couple and then us. Like, and sorry, and by families, mm-hmm. I simply mean that they had kids. Um, mm-hmm. I know their names, but I don't know any any stories. Um, but I mean, it's... Have you typed their names into Murder, Murderpedia? Murderpedia? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that a thing? Like Wikipedia, but about murder? <laughs> I've definitely Googled the the first owners because... He was mm-hmm. a builder and he built, well, he wasn't, he wasn't a builder. He chose to build the house just to see if I could find anything about them, but I've never been able to find anything about them online. Ooh, okay. And I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit mad about this whole children laughing in the garage. Oh, yeah. Mad because I've stayed the night at your house. Um, <laughs> I know you say they're gone, but that's intense to me. I mean, I wasn't the one who experienced it. And Mm -hmm. David, it's not that he's nonchalant about it, but to to him, it wasn't that odd that Mm -hmm. either he had heard that or that the woman woke him up in his sleep. I'm I'm guessing he's had other 
maybe not as vivid, but perhaps similar kind of dream situations. And he's lived right. in much older houses, so maybe he's right. kind of experienced it before. But that that is the story of the house that I live in. And um, I have to say, there's nothing more um, real than the innocence of a two-year-old telling you what they are experiencing because they have no, there's no, they have no reason or want to, you know, they're not quite at the age where they're lying all the time (laughs) (laughs) and they have absolutely no reason to try to fool you into something. Like they're just so innocent about telling, like they're just telling you the fact. They are well, and my understanding is that little kids too, like they don't like they're closer to whatever the other world mm-hmm. is because they're in time closer and they haven't put up the logical barriers yet, right? Yeah, so, certainly. So they have that in touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They have that the the innocence and like you said that for yeah for every reason you said they're just a lot um, more apt to be in tuned to yeah to that yeah because they're so open right everything to them is reality they they're mm-hmm. not gonna they're not gonna filter it and wouldn't it be so interesting if we could just continue on that way like what would our lives right. be if we didn't build that up that barrier between like childhood and adulthood yeah how fascinating that would be yeah, I wonder if the orbs that I'm seeing would just be talking to me. <laughs> they very well could. Well, you Chris, chill this kid out, man. The dust That's was talking to Kristen when she was young. So yeah, exactly. maybe I know. I would have still us. had someone saying my name too. Yeah, somebody looking out. Yeah. Well, those were some chilling stories. Um, yeah. So fascinating. I could just talk and talk and have people tell me things like this. Yes. I know. And to all of our listeners, if you do have more stories that you're willing to share, please send them to us um, because we're all so curious and apparently we're all believers. So um, send, send us those stories. Well, did you find what you were looking for? Not in this realm. 